0: Okay, so Parsha today we're starting chapter 18. Anybody remember what happened at the end of last week's Parsha? We just did this on yeah, Monday. I know.
1: <laughs> and what was the end
0: of last week's Parsha? They had the bris. had the bris, exactly. So we're gonna start. We're gonna. Oh, okay. Right? The end of last week. The end of last week's Torah portion was when Avra Avraham at that point his name had been changed, Avraham and Yishmael and the whole family, all the males in the family actually. Had a bris mila. And it says that Avraham was 99 years old. Yishmolah was 13 years old uh, when he had the bris. And that was pretty much where last week's parsha ended. We also had in last week's parsha, like a little bit before that, was where Sarai's name was changed to Sarah, just to sort of get you in the space of where we are. And Hashem had told Avraham that Sarah was going to give birth to. Uh, child, and at that point, Avraham asked, "Could Yish, could it could it not be that Yishmael would live? Could he be? Could he be a good guy? Could he? Could he be the one to carry on this legacy?" And God's like, "No, he's his own he's, his own path, he his own thing. But he this is not what he's going to be doing. Um, and you, and you're going to have the son. You're going to call him Yitzchak. Okay. Now this week's Torah portion opens up with." Anybody? is Vayera. And, and he appeared.
2: Because,
1: right. Uh, Abraham. right. Abraham
2: Hashem bring Avraham's
0: healing in the sun. healing the sun. What else is Avraham doing He's in the sun? He's waiting for guests. Okay, we have a couple of things going on. So first of all, if you look inside the pasuk, it says Vayera of Hashem. Hashem appears to him. Beilone Mamre in the fields of Mamre. Buyoshe Yosheh petach Ahol. He's sitting at the opening of the tent. Ke'chom hayom in the heat of the day. And the next thing that we have the next thing that we have is Avram lifts, lifts up his eyes and he behold, he sees there are three people, okay? Pause a second. What's Hashem doing here? And that's really where the question starts up. We have no communication. We don't have him saying anything. We don't have him doing anything. Um, I saw that last night you had a class at Hachnathus Arachim. So please tell me we've had this conversation. Yeah. Yes. Okay? About yeah. about greeting guests? Okay, good. Um, but we don't but we don't have any we don't have any conversation between Hashem and Abraham. We just
2: But they were like men. They
0: were like No 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 that's the next thing. No, that's the yeah, next yeah. part. The first puzzle that Hashem appears to Avraham and,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: And what? And what? Yeah. Right, which is why we end up having that whole conversation that he was coming to heal him. He was coming to be One of the interesting things that I saw is that it doesn't. This is the first time that it doesn't have Avraham's name in the oh, like vayera. It loved Hashem. He doesn't say vayera Hashem el Avraham. It just says he came to him. Right, and one of the things that we learned from this is that the Shechina is actually around whenever anybody is sick. And when we come to visit a sick person, so part of what the mitzvah of visiting the sick person includes is actually praying on their behalf, not just helping them out, you know, not just coming and talking to them about the weather, but also giving an active bracha that Hashem should heal you because the Shechinah is there waiting to respond. The Shechinah is by a love. It's by anybody, anybody who's sick. And then it's over there. Um, uh, I want to back up for a second and because um, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us inform the partial a little bit so the, in the Hayom Yom tells the, there's a story how do you say it? V- vignette? Yeah. A vignette? Mm-hmm. so it's not really a story it's just like a couple of lines so like some awful story but that the, the fifth Chabad Rebbe when he was four or five years old goes to his grandfather and he's very, very upset, and he starts crying to him. Oh, no. And he says to him, he says, why does Hashem appear to Avram and he doesn't appear to me? He's four or five years old, goes to his grandfather, says, why does Hashem appear to Avram and he doesn't appear to me? And his grandfather answers that a Yid, a tzaddik, who's 99 years old, who decides to have a bris, or to give himself a bris, deserves that Hashem is going to appear to him. Now, I want to pause this for a second, not just because I'm telling you a cute story. I want to bring up three lessons here. First of all, what is the point of a yid who's 99 years old? When we talk about numbers, where is 99 on?
2: Closer to the end. Closer <laughs> to the end, right? If we
0: say seven intellectual, three emotions, seven intellectuals, se- no. Three intellectual, seven emotional leaders, all worked out to the best mushing of them. That's not the real word. Mm-hmm. What's a better word?
2: Mixture. I all all combination. combination. <laughs> <What's this one>? <laughs> combining.
0: <laughs> kind of had the best word. The best combining, like how each so one is effective. Combination. combination, yes. The best combination is ten. <laughs> if they're all combined with each other differently, what's our number? It's a hundred, right? A hundred is perfection. Hundreds perfection. So here we have somebody who's 99. And they don't just say, that's good enough for me. I think I'll coast over here. When they have the opportunity to go further, even they're at 99. It's not just he's an old man. He's 99 years old. Right? That's not, yes, he is. But besides, <laughs> but besides that, the question of are we constantly striving is the question. Right, here's somebody who's almost there. And it's so easy to just say, this is a sweet place to be. Yeah. And he doesn't. Hashem's like, here's an opportunity to move forward in your Advait Hashem. And he's like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to move forward. So the first lesson that we're hearing from the story is like that place where... Okay, I, I don't want to sound like I'm pushing and guilting everybody. That's not the point. But I feel like sometimes where's the balance between we're in a good, solid, steady place, and then sometimes we need to like step forward. I'm not saying just keep running, run, 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 run. You know that's not what I'm saying, right? So I just, I just want to clarify that in case you happen to think that that's what I'm saying. No, it's okay for us to say, okay, we're in a good, balanced place right now in our relationship with God. That's great, but we don't want to stay there. We don't want to stay there. It's okay to, to hang out there for a little bit. It's okay to... Chill on the spiritual couch for like, for some time. But if that's where we think is, that's we, where we think our completion is going to be forever, that's the problem, right? For right now, I'm not, for right now, I am, you yeah, have also breathing, right? For right now, I am, I am, I'm doing, I'm pushing myself, and I'm, I'm, you know, and it's okay for me to sit in that space. I don't have to keep. Did that make any sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good, thank you, then I'm done with mm-hmm. I have no words. No, but I'm
2: saying like, it's like, the closer you actually come to Khashab, the more you understand that, how much distance there is, generally. Like, how much you still have to go. Okay, so
0: I'm gonna go out on a limb, mm-hmm. okay? And you can all disagree with me. I'm not getting to 99, okay? I'm, like, uh, so far away. No. But I think, so, but I think, it's always easier to say, oh, those people understand that you have to keep striving. I feel like all of us in our lives, we look and we're just like, come on. Look where I was, look what I'm doing. I'm in such a better place now. This is like awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, but don't sit there. Don't stay in that place because what's awesome for me now and for this amount of time is, and it is, and really I think we're, you know this, I say it all the time, we're so hard on ourselves and we always want more and more and more. And, There's a balance going on over here. I think we do have to sometimes look and say, this is good. I'm in a good place. I am in a so much better place than I was six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, for sure. But the place of then settling into that space, that's where the fear is. So I want us to not, we're not just on a a treadmill, of how fast we go? That's not what we're saying. And I think it's easy to say, well, for him, he understands. But I think, that's for us, because especially because we can see such. We could, you know, when we're not, when our eyes are open, we could see we're different. Yeah. We've moved, we've changed, we've grown. We're able to see that, okay. But we still have to. We can still move forward. Maybe not right this minute. Right this minute, I get to coast. But where am I going to move forward um, of there? So that's the first thing that I want to say. The second thing that I want to say. Is that it? It's it's very specific in the story that it says that he was a child of four or five years old, and um, cool. the the oh. the Rebbe was four or five years old when he goes to his grandfather and he says, "Why doesn't Hashem appear to me?" We need to believe in our children, and we need to believe in the children within ourselves that we are capable of yearning for godliness. We don't only want ice cream and candy, although we do want that, and. I'm not knocking that, but we are capable of, of looking bigger and wanting more. And we, we need to be able to recognize it and nurture it. Yes, you're right, this is a little boy who's going to grow up to be a Rebbe, and fine. But all of us are capable, capable of nurturing that, that, uh, that desire in ourselves, because hopefully there's always a child in ourselves that's constantly growing and learning. But please, God, in our own homes with our own children, to not just say, oh, all they want is the latest gadget, thing, food. They also want meaning and they also want spirituality, and we need to be able to be the ones to give it to them. And I think that's a very, very important thing. Um, yeah, actually, I had two things to share about that story, not three. So. So, I, that's it, so we're gonna Sorry
2: move to forward. Night, so he, like, we, we heard from the from the rabbit, and, but, like, that the rabbit, like, he said that, um, like, every five year old can, um, ask a question on the, on the Rashi like, every, like, and the in question, theory, in theory, Rashi is for
0: questions, yeah. He, he
2: said not only because he had a question, like, what kind of five, like, five year old, like, growth. rabbit. Like a normal partner. five-year-old,
0: right? Yeah. Right. Like a three-year-old and who's getting water for the from the well for the family, or like the regular <laughs> kid. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no, that's true. But he not only texted it, <laughs> he actually
2: realized yeah. that it is true. Like five year olds are have the like Every five-year-old have the capability to question Rashi in a way that, like, point, like, point the, like, the question to the Humash that Rashi hasn't, like, hasn't
0: asked. Right. About. So it helps. It, it actually helps it if, if you can actually read Hebrew at five years old. That's a different answer. But I want to say something, and I'm gonna, i to agree with you. Mm-hmm. Children, by nature, are more spiritually sensitive than mm-hmm. we are, and we have to not crush that. Mm-hmm. I'll give you. I'll give you a. I'll give you a. A personal story. So my daughter calls me. She lives in Florida, and um, and my son and his group are going into asa and she was talking quietly to her husband, and her not yet three year old heard her and said, "What were you? Ta- what were you sa-? like? He's not as clear as I am. What were you telling? What were you sa- talking to Tati? And, she wasn't like brushing him off, but she was like distracted, and she didn't actually she didn't remember what it was, she said. Something about phone, and then she said, "Oh yeah, Mendel's, the, Mendel's, they have his phone. He's going." And he said, "Why would they take his phone away?" So she, without really thinking, said, "Because he's going to fight," which is not really the answer that you give, but I'm just saying she wasn't telling lady. So he ran over to to the pushka. He put money in the pushka, and he said, "Okay, now Mendel's safe." he wasn't prompted there was there's a there's a there's a connection over there kids are really capable of of spiritual greatness and we have to really not drown it in materialism we have to nurture it and we have to we have to support it and we have to recognize it when we see it you know here's a spoiler for another story you know for later on when when Moses is when, when, before Moses is Moses is born, say that five times quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And his parents separate. Miriam, how old is Miriam? Five years old, and she says, "The redeemer, you're supposed, you're supposed, to, you're supposed part of right?" But what does she say? You're the it's, the the. The says that she actually gave a prophecy that the redeemer is supposed to come from you. Now instead of them saying, "Here's a five year old who wants another sibling," they're like, they recognized that place of prophecy in what she was saying. So I want to. I want to give us first a bracha that we, we recognize this in ourselves, in ourselves, that when we yearn for Kedusha, it's not crazy. It's real, and we shouldn't fill it with Ben and Jerry's. We should fill it with, we should fill it with Kedusha. And then, when, if we can do it in ourselves, we can do it in the people around us. And then Ben and Jerry? Absolutely. <laughs> but only in Israel. But only in Israel, because... <laughs> <going there>.
2: yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, I have, sorry, it's, it's like, it's the cutest thing, my, like, my friend has a, has a little, his little daughter, and every time that they're, like, getting ready to get, whatever, like, she's, like, I don't know, three years old, or, like, four years old, Matt, three years old, I think, and every time my friend says something about, like, oh, I look horrible today, or whatever, like, her daughter always is, like, no, Emma. Like, you
0: look, like, bad.
2: Like, this is bad to
0: say battery. Like, you right. look yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. Like, it's exactly. crazy. Exactly. Like, it's
2: it's it's so incredible. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, Get a door like this. <laughs> we saw we ha- we ha- we ha- have We have... I'm eye upon it. I know. You're, yeah, I know. You are not want to check my mouth. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Um, so, what... So, okay. I want to shoot... I, I feel like you've done some of this, but I want to also... I also want to talk about a couple of things over here. Okay. Um, so Avram sees these three people, hold back and forth what they are, they aren't, and he, he says to them, what does he say to them? Don't pass me. In verse four he says, Yukach na ma'at take a little bit of water, wash your feet, and what does he say? Anu ha'etz, and sit under the tree. Right, And he says, I'm going to come bring you some bread and water. And what does he, in fact, go to do? Uh, what does he, he
2: do? Peter he he Peter. Ha- makes this what massive he meal. He has
0: a massive meal. He prepares yeah. this. He prepares it's, this, this, this these tongue. There's any vegetarians here. I apologize. But, if he, but Rashi actually says that he brings, he serves each person their own tongue. That means he doesn't, this is pre-refrigeration. He doesn't slaughter one animal. He slaughters Three animals. And he's giving That's them crazy. he's giving them so much. Can
2: we go there for seven? Some... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much, but like Right, oh, Any other Right? <laughs> I'll <ask> Riva.
0: Um <laughs> Stick with me guys, stick with me. Sorry. So why is he saying take a little bit of water? Oh, we know that God. everything that he's gonna give these angels slash people is gonna be so 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 much. Why is he saying Take a little bit of water. So, practically speaking, you say he's in the desert. Water is a, you know, maybe a more precious commodity than, than the animals, possibly. But what do we know? Rashi says, why did he want them to wash their feet?
1: Idol worship.
0: Idol worship, exactly. Rashi says that these were people who worship the dust of their feet, and he wanted them to wash it off so that they would not bring it into his tent. Okay. So. Let's put some of the pieces together. Here we're talking about people who, whatever that means, that they worship the grant, the dust of their feet. They're clearly not the most elevated uh, idol worshipers in town. <laughs> um, uh, but what is? Well, what can we learn? And this is something that is brought from like the more more modern commentators. Commentators, when you need to get rid of the idol worship off of your feet, how much effort? does it take? It take. If ha, Right? How much effort does it take? It takes ma'at. It takes a little bit of water. And what do we know water is? Ein mayim ella torah. Ein mayim ela torah. When we say, but look at where I'm coming from. Look at what I bring with me. Ma'at mayim. Take some water. Take some torah. It's not like you have to we're talking about getting the glue off of the cups, right? It's not like it's so much, so much effort. It needs to be something a concentrated, focused. It doesn't have to be tsunami. It has to be maatma. And We have to take some water, and we have to take Torah, and we have to, with that, we will be able to wash it off and come to another place. And when he says to rest under the tree, what do we know? Again, if you, if you pay attention in shul, how do we, how do we describe Torah? Eitz P. It's a living tree for those who support it. So he's telling them, take your water, clean your feet, and go rest under the tree. Go take yourself and learn some Torah and see how that changes your perspective and changes how you feel about your things. Parenthetically, I want to just say that when we talk about worshiping the dust of your feet, you know, we know that when do you get dusty feet? Besides, we live in the Middle East and always, right? But when you when you're moving. When you're moving and you're doing and you got that, that 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 that, you have to keep going and doing and doing and doing, right? The place of worshiping your feet, the dust of your feet, is we could translate it as saying the the modern need to be busy and to keep doing something and to keep my effort and my 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 my. These are these these angels were in the guise of of uh, of of travelers of merchants, right? We, they were going and doing and being, and I was so successful and I did. That's where, we're just, that's where we're worshiping the dust of our feet. And what do we do with that? We really should move it, and Pirkei talks about, to sit at the dust of the feet of the Talmide Chachamim. Isapik, the, the uh it talks about the, I forgot the passage, the beginning of Pir-Kiyavis in Avos in, in the first chapter. It talks about that your house should be a place for Chachamim to gather.
1: What are you saying so to rest
0: under the tree? Trees higher.
1: Tree
0: higher. higher. You're going to go get it for me? Go for it, Sydney. It's like, the, it's like the third Mishnah that your house should be open to. He uh, But you should. It says you should be in the in the dust at the feet of the sages. So if you need to be busy with something, be busy with learning Torah. Okay. Now we know that there's three angels. You got you got it for a Sydney. Um, the third one.
1: Like the servants who serve their no. no.
0: What's one before that?
1: The world stands on. Three nope, days. nope.
0: After, go. It's in there somewhere. Three, maybe four. I'll, I'll
1: look for
2: it.
0: You look for it and then you get back to this Okay, I want to say one oh, more. Oh, I found it. Found it. Okay, yeah.
1: Um, let your house be a meeting place for yes. sages. Sit in the dust at their feet and drink in their words thirstily.
0: Okay that if we're going to take dust which dust should we be engaged in? we should sit at the dust of the feet of the people who are teaching Torah I mean you could also wipe the floor but I think the place of being busy in something if we're going to, we're going to talk about here the dust of your feet is being busy are we busy with our own stuff or are we busy with Torah stuff and that's, that's sort of where, where that comes through I want to say one more thing I want to bring one Medrash just because I love the Medrash it's so much fun
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so it tells us that Avraham runs in verse 7 Avram runs to the animals and he's going to take them and he's going to get He's going to get Yishmael involved in preparing it da, da, da. the Medrash says something fascinating he was trying to catch, he went to get the animals and one of the animals ran away and he was chasing the animal he was chasing the animal and he the animal leads him into a cave and when Avram comes into the cave he smells the entrance of Ganadin And he says, I want to be here. The animal actually led him into the Mars of Machpelah. And he heard a voice that said, this is your place, but this is not your time. So later, when Sarah passes away, and Avra needs to bury her, he knows exactly oh, where to go, wow. because he'd already been there. Exactly. He had followed the animal. This is 37 years earlier, 38, <laughs> right? He had, the animal had sort of led him there, so when it comes time, well, it's next week, it's March, so it's next week, but it's really going to be 38 years later because Sarah has to get pregnant and have a baby, and then he's going to be 37 years old. Albert knows exactly where to go because he'd been there before. So I thought that's a beautiful, beautiful medrash, and I don't know what it means for us, practically speaking, but I think it's it's a beautiful medrash, and I don't know, maybe like,
2: Make did him. you
0: mention? It was he led him to Gan Eden, but it's also the Machpelah. No, the entry, the entrance. The, the, it says the measure says that the entrance to Ma- to the Gan Eden is through the Machpelah. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, speak to the people of Chevron; you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where all the prayers come all the way through here. So yeah, so uh, so he said that he, he had that he, he that's he sort of ran in there with the animal. Okay, um, and then we have three angels, and what do the three angels actually do?
2: The
0: one heals Avraham.
2: Uh, one tells them about,
0: float, about not you know, Before, No, before.
2: Tells them that they're going to be pregnant.
0: Right, so, tells them so, they're so, going to have a baby. And
2: then, tells them and then the, the
0: third one is go, no, the third that. one one heals Avraham, <laughs> one gives them the news <laughs> about, one gives them the news about the baby, that they're going to have a baby. And the third one is going to destroy Sedona. Right? They're going to destroy Sidon. Right? And um, what? And it tells... Plot twist over there, right? Um, and uh, by the way, the end of the... Par- I just want to get this now. The end of the parasha is the Akedah, which we're not going to deal with because you all you dealt with it before Rosh Hashanah. So I just want to tell you... I'm going to touch on it a little bit, but we're not getting there. Like, you can't skip... The, the akeda in Parshas era, but we are in fact going to skip the akeda. Okay. Um, but it's over there at the end, okay? So it's, it's, so much. it's okay.
2: We've, We've done there. so much. Before. I know. So, so that's
0: why. That's why I know that everybody's been dealing with we're akeda. Good, so that's. Little, but, so. but I just want to tell you that it's here. Okay. Like if we're going to put it into placement, here's where it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so they have the three angels that come, and then and then. Uh, we're, we're not getting into the whole thing. Sarah hears it and she laughs, and the whole situation. Why does Hashem come down on her for laughing? Last week's parsha, when Hashem told Avram about it, he also laughed. Um, Rashi says that he laughed and believed, and she laughed and she was disbelieving. I also want to point out that here at nine, at well, they're eighty-nine and ninety-nine now, right? Because they're going to have Sarah's going to be ninety when she gives birth, and going to be 100. hundred. Um, they are considered old, as opposed to the pre-flood generations, where they would have just been babies. They are already considered <laughs> old, and, um, and and not having children. Like it's already been a thing for them. Um, we're not going to go into that right now, because um, I have other stuff that I want to I want to talk about. Okay, so the people go and so so that so we ha- they get, so they hear from two of them. Now what happens is, is that one of the messengers. And it's an interesting thing. We know that one of the messengers is also going to save Lot and his family. They're going. They're. they're we're. We're going into the whole situation now of Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed, and um, and we're going to end up having these three messengers, and we're going to end up having the one who gives the news of Sarah's birth sort of disappears from the conversation, but we have the one that heals Abraham is going to now. Continue on to a sado, and he's going to, he elotes. And I just want to put a bracket here and say, if we say that each angel can only do one job, right? That's, that's, that's the, the premise about angels. They only get to do one thing, their own dim, they're considered, if a person is considered a mahalech, a person is somebody who moves, an angel is omed, they stand, they don't progress, they don't change, they only get to do one job. They, 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 you know, we, th- we say that we multitask, we really don't. We move quickly from one thing to the other, but angels don't do that. Um, so then why do we have one angel who is, in fact, going to multitask? How do you have one angel who's going to heal Avraham and save Loth? Like, why, did they save, why didn't they send another angel there, right? And so the commentaries talk about the idea that the saving of Loth is a continuation of the healing of Avraham. That Lot made bad choices, and he went to be someplace that was not a good place, and he himself did not actually really deserve to be saved. But when we're going to get to the story of of of, of uh, the story of Sodom, but when Abraham hears about the destruction of Sodom and his nephew, he is so pained by that that he that 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 becomes part of the healing process for Abraham. It wouldn't he wouldn't be healed. If Lot would end up being would would end up dying in that destruction, and so that's why we have the same angel that heals Abraham is also the angel that's going to go ahead and and it's um, going to go ahead and um, and save Lot. Okay. But then, what, can you go more
2: yes. into why
0: he was
1: in pain? Is it just because that's the kind of time he is?
0: So I'm going to say I'm going to say for us, like, what do we walk away from that? And then I'm going to, I'll tell you what I think about Abraham. Um, I'll tell you what I think for us, and I'll tell you what I think about Abraham. Um, But I'm telling you, these are my thoughts. This is not, I haven't actually seen this. I can't point you to a source for this. I think, like, the place, first of all, for ourselves is that at the end of the day, Lot was family. And we could have family that we disagree with bitterly. But when push comes to shove, we have their back on the one hand. Um, in a healthy situation, we don't have to always agree with everybody in our family, but I think in a, in a, in a healthy family situation is like, you know, I could beat to my brother, but you can't beat up my brother kind of thing. Um, somebody starting up with Lot, he's going to come to, he's going to come to their aid. In fact, the whole t- reason Avram got involved with the war last week was only because of Lot right? He had no skin in the game over there except for Lot who had chosen to separate from Avraham. when we talk about it, he separates, it wasn't that he just geographically moved away from Avraham, but he spiritually is moving away from Avraham like this is where I really want to be. And still Avraham's like, but still. He talks it, it, the, the Pasuk says that he heard achiv. he heard that his brother was captured. And that's a very, very strong emotional thing. Right, that that your brother is someplace in pain you don't just say whatever they made their choices, they should live with the consequences so that's one thing but I want to say, and this I haven't seen but it's kind of sort of based on like different learning that I'm making a little bit of a challenge out of Avram wasn't just a good guy Avram was Avram Avinu, Avram was a Tzadik Tzadik can do things purposefully so when we spoke last week that Lot went with Abraham and da da, da 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 da. If he was not meant to be part of the the the, the caravan going, Abraham wouldn't have taken him. The fact that Lot was there wasn't only a testament like we spoke last week that Lot wanted to stay with Abraham. Abraham was choosing who is coming with him on this journey. And if somebody's coming with him on this journey, that even when he's gonna make choices that Avraham does not agree with and that are the antithesis of what Avraham is, first of all then, we're gonna see in the Chumash, some of that is gonna have, having lived with Lot is going to have an effect on, having lived with Avraham is going to have an effect on Lot, which we're gonna see, but also, and he makes a lot, he makes a lot of terrible choices, Lot, he really does, but I don't think that he came along for no reason, and so, in the, in, the, in the space of tzaddik taking and protecting, that's where I see him coming to the defense also. Because you could say, he's, he's a good guy, and he's a generous guy, and he's chesed, and, and you know, we talk, with the measures tells us that chesed, the midah of chesed came to complain to Hashem that I'm out of business since Avram's in town, I had nothing to do. And one thing we also know about straight chesed is that it gives indiscriminately. It doesn't say, are you worthy? Are you, are you, you know, is this good for you? But chesed just gives. And all of that makes me feel like that's also why Abraham would have stood up for Lot. The question, what we need to learn about it, is, you know, that place to stand up for injustice. And we're going to see it in the passage in a second. So the people, I think that's something we have to pick up. But let's look inside a second. Okay, so the people leave. They're going towards Sodom. and, And Hashem, in verse 17, Hashem is kind of talking to himself. And he says... Am I not going to tell Abraham what I'm about to do? Like Hamasha, am I going to just hide this from him? He's going to be uh, he's going to be a great nation, he's going to everything thing. And what is the strongest quality? Look in verse 19. What is the strongest quality that Hashem can come up for Abraham? What do I know about him? Leman I know that he will command his children and his household after him. To watch the ways of Hashem, tzedakah to do justice and kind uh, justice and uh, tzedakah to do righteousness and justice. So that Hashem going to teach us what it means to stick up for the underdog. He's going to come. We're he's going to tell his children how to behave. So I'm not going to give him the chance. To, to stand up over here. I'm not gonna give him the chance to, to speak up. I'm about to do something massive. Should I just not tell him? Now you could say, there's no WhatsApp. He would never know. Yes, he would know. He's gonna still find out. And yet, uh, and, Hashem says, and Hashem says, I'm not gonna hide it from him. His biggest quality, those of us, all of us, we're sitting here, we are the children of Abraham. And one of the things that he endowed in us is that need to stand up for justice. And so Hashem's like, I'm going to tell him and let's see what happens, right? So we know what happens. Hashem says to Avram that the cries of Sodom, Sodom, and, Amor, Sodom and Gomorrah are terrible, they're terrible people. Um, he says, I'm going to go down and I'm going to judge and see how is it, you know, how is what I have heard true? I'm not going to just judge from afar. I'm going to get down, walk the markets. I'm going to see what's happening with the people and say, how terrible are they? If you want to hear how terrible they are, the Measure says has lots and lots and lots of stories about how terrible people of Sodom and Amara were. Um, the biggest issue uh, that the that the sages talk about them was the fact that they legislated injustice. Not that they were terrible people, but that was on the bylaws. You were not allowed to have guests, you were not allowed to give, you were not allowed to be kind. It was if you can make it on your own, you can make it, and if you can't, why should I help you? And the fact that that was legislated, besides all the other stuff that the, they talk about, you know, they talk about uh, everybody, everybody in Sodom had minted their own money. This is like a, you know, and, um, and uh, so they would give, like if somebody came to collect, they would give them that money, but nobody would sell anything to them because it wasn't their money. They only took their own money. So the person would end up dying of starvation with money in their hand, and then the people would come and take their money back and put it back in their pockets. There's a lot of terrible stuff about Saddam, and, and we're not going to go there. Okay, mm-hmm. I, if you want, you can. You have Medrash says it's right here. There's lots plenty plenty of stuff in there. So, uh, so Hashem, so Hashem, so Abram had escorted his guests, and Hashem says, "I'm going to tell him." So Hashem tells him, you know, this is what's going down, and Avram says. Are you going to kill the righteous with the with the with the wicked? Maybe there are fifty tzaddikim there. You know, he says such powerful words in verse twenty-five. it is forbidden for you Hashem to do such a thing. You cannot just indiscriminately kill everybody. It's it, you're you're able to to differentiate. You cannot do that.
1: there's really
2: strong words.
0: Very to say to God. very strong words to say to God very strong, it's for, you can't do this. So, so now, watch me. So he doesn't, he doesn't say watch me, he doesn't say watch me, but I think that when we talk about what, how, okay, we're not Abram okay, so we should be careful about how we talk, yes, <laughs> but, but do we just say, well, it would be so sweet if, no, no, we actually have a charge from Abram to speak up forcefully when we see injustice. Now, after what's going to happen? Alfred says, are there 50? We know that, right? There's really, Sodom and Muar are really five cities. There are five little cities around them. So the question is, are there 10 righteous people in the city, right? If there are 10 people in the city who could possibly influence the city, then there's hope that they could turn the city around. They go, they look, nothing. Now, if you look at the, the, the bargaining, it looks like Avram keeps bargaining with himself, which is sort of how I would bargain in the shook but it's really, the measure tells us, it's a back and forth, that he says. are there 50, and they look, and there aren't 50, so then he says, what about if there's 45, and what about if there's 40, so the question is, 45 would be 9 per city plus Hashem, then 40 would, like, okay, maybe we don't have to say one, like, he's trying to see, is there any way to do it, and the end of the story is that there isn't, they can't find 10 people within the 5 cities, ten righteous people, whether, it's, whether and, the, and the sages are, are at, uh, like, there's a conversation, are they looking for ten people, or ten people of influence? Ten sages who could actually make a difference? Either way, they're not finding, whatever it is, and the whole thing, they're not finding these people, and, um, and Hashem, and, and so Hashem, they finish the conversation, Abram goes back to his place. In Hasidus, he talks a lot about um, Noach Avraham, and Moshe, right? Where Noah, Hashem's like, I'm going to destroy the whole world. Just build, build a flood for you, your family, and the animals, and you restart know, humanity. He's like, okay, and he does that, right? Then, that's, I'm very simplifying the situation, because guess what? We're running low on time. Shocking but true. Um, and we're not even dealing with the academy, right? So, so Noah's like, I tried, but whatever, it didn't happen. And he does. He he basically does. It doesn't seem like he gives it much effort. He gives it a lot of physical effort, but he doesn't do a lot of PR. Then Adam really goes to bat for these people, for terrible people. These are not nice people. These are not like, you know, these are not uh, gently not nice people. These are really not nice people. You know, um, he really goes to bat for them. And what happens when he when he can't? He goes back to his place. What happens when Moshe is faced with the Jewish people? City. He's ready to give
2: his life
0: a Not his life. No, but Not his life. What's he, he ready to give up? The,
2: his place in
0: the world to come. Not the world to come. In the Torah. The Torah. He's ready oh, yeah. to give his place in Torah. He's like, take oh, me out take of your you Torah. Torah. Take me out of your Torah. If you don't forgive them, I'm out of here. Right? Um, I, I think that all of them have places, obviously, because they're all in Torah, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't always we don't always um hit a Moshe level of commitment to the situations around us. I think that even if we make our effort like Noah, and we remember Noah is tzaddik, Torah is calling him a tzaddik, so he's like, we judge him harshly, but Torah is calling him a tzaddik. But I think like the place of, how much effort do we need to put into things? I think um, there's, there's, valid, and there's valid directions for all of them, but one of the things that we're definitely sort of, highlighting Moshe is really going to that now we could argue and say that Moshe was fighting for his people he was fighting for the Jewish people and he knew that that was the point of creation and if that's no good then we're like then there's no point in creation so we do have sort of that added to Moshe's side as opposed to you know Avram trying to save you know terrible people and Noah trying to save terrible people um, but I feel like the place I remember once I asked my husband, it was, I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember when, when the in, the Houthis and the Tutis were killing each other. Yeah,
1: I was in Rwanda.
0: Right? Yeah. Um they, they were, and I said to my husband like, like nobody spoke up for us. Like, mm-hmm. why don't we, you know, and he's like, no, because nobody spoke up for us, we have the obligation to speak up because we know what it feels like to not be heard. Um, whatever it's 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 uh at the same time i think we do have to choose this is my editorializing on the side i think we have to choose our effort and energy and we're, we we can't fight every single battle unfortunately this world is not yet perfected and there's lots of things that we get to storm and, and about and we have to look and see if it's worth i don't want to say if it's worthy of our time and energy but i i do want to maybe say that not every movement is something that we need to get involved in, but I feel like we shouldn't just be sitting them all out on the sidelines and saying, that's not my issue, because injustice is our issue. We could argue about, is that, in fact, injustice? Is that, in fact, injustice? But I think that when we do see it, we need to be able to call it out. You had a question it's or like crazy that
2: like, we are created in the, in, the, like, in the image of the human, we're created in the image of Hashem, but like crazy to think that not only Hashem gives every single last like of us a second chance or the third chance or the yeah. fourth yes, chance to everybody or, to everyone it is like crazy and like
0: we have yeah, the same times to like slow right but that's do. not that's not my point my point is even when yeah. things are people you could say well they deserve it low deserved it if you move to a terrible place and make terrible choices you know live with the consequences of your actions but there's still a place where we're supposed to say, how do we temper that? Yeah. How do we temper that? And can we, can we demand, you know, is that ultimate justice? And we're imperfect people. We do the best that we can. But I'm, I'm just putting that out there. It
1: also seems like Hashem gets to a point where His grace is there, and it's there, and it's there, and it's there. And then you have Abraham or Moshe come in with Hashem. But then Hashem gets to a point like, I've given you enough. It's almost right like right so but, like, right But I, the I,
0: truth is, but the truth right. is, I have to tell you, Hashem is way more patient than we are. We right. would have we would have given up a long time before. Like the I don't know, I feel like it's easy it's easy to see where Hashem is acting from a place of Gu and I think we sometimes forget that there's so much that he's giving us all the time, you know.
1: But did he get to a point? I guess my question is with Moshe and with Moshe petition and then Abraham saying, Is there at least 50? And God was like, You know. I, I but he doesn't, get,
0: he doesn't get fed up with them. Uh-huh. He doesn't get fed up with them. Not at all. No, no not at all. He doesn't. No. Hashem engages in the conversation with Abraham 50, 45, 40, 30 mm-hmm. months, till Abraham gets down to 10. And then Abraham's like, um, I guess not, you know? Right. Then. Hashem doesn't get upset at them. Hashem never gets upset at somebody who tries to champion justice.
1: But does Hashem say okay? But there's a certain point where he says,
0: "What am I going to do? I do? Right. We can't. Here's a terrible situation. We we can't. It isn't just to just ignore it because it's upsetting, right? So Hashem does in fact go down and he does destroy the cities. He's going to go in and he's going to destroy the cities. But he's but he's not saying you're wrong to try to protect them. He doesn't say the gavra. He doesn't say that to Abraham. In fact, he tells the to Abraham because because is going to teach us about justice and standing up for the underdog. And so that even in a case where it's not going to work, we still have to try. We can't just say, and there's nothing to do about it. Okay? Yes?
1: Um, why does, in the conversation 50:45 that, like, why does Hashem, not humor over him, but, like, um, why does he, like, and they look like he said like, can we find 15 Abraham looks he can't find them can't okay, have about 45 like how, why is the conversation even happened couldn't Hashem just say like, Dude, like, there's he nobody would there." Know. Right, he would know how many people
0: right so I haven't seen anything about it but I don't I, I'm going to say two things one that neither of them might actually be the correct answer okay, okay? one thing we know from Chazal is that Hashem loves hearing our prayers okay he loves hearing our prayers. Um, we talk about it, the Chazal talk about it when we talk about the the the, 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 mo- the, the mothers being barren. Like Hashem loves specifically, he loves our prayers and he loves the prayers of Tzadikim. So that's one thing um, possible. And I think, I don't think it was a question of Hashem humoring Avram as much as perhaps Hashem teaching us. You know, he wasn't just, he wasn't just humoring. He, if we, have, if we want to have a real conversation with somebody, we really need to hear them. We really need to hear what they're saying and what their concern is. And instead of us saying, I know the answer to your question already, I'm not just humoring you when I listen to you. When we have a conversation, that creates connection. Right? So that place of connection is also something that's valuable to Hashem. Even if, the end of the, even if the, at the end of the conversation, I can't help you. I would love to, but I can't. It's not that Hashem's just humoring him. It's like, dude, I already know there's nothing here. I already checked. What do you think? I'm just destroying them for nothing. No, Hashem wants him. Hashem wants us to go through the process as well. Let us put our mind to it. Let how do we invest and judge a situation? And I think that's what it is. I again, I'm not, I'm, I can't point to like an authentic source to tell you that. That's. That's kind of how I feel, but he's definitely not just humoring him because mm-hmm. that would be rude. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's not nice when you're just humoring somebody and like...
1: Okay, not humoring, but I was just curious like why this conversation even existed because like, Hashem could just say like, Abraham, so kind of you, you want to, like I'm God, I know how many people are in this city. like,
0: And I, and I think that one of the things that Abraham teaches us mm-hmm. is that even when God Almighty comes and says this is what we're going to do, we still have the right to say, I don't get it. It doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. Now, if you're Avram, you actually can have a conversation with God, and then, you know, then you get some clarity, and then you're like, okay, no, we don't have conversations. With, we, ha- we talk to God, but we should not be hearing his voice in our head in return. Okay? No, if you do, we have medication for you. We say this all the time. But I think the place of understanding that Hashem hears us and wants to hear us, and he does, we shouldn't, it's so easy to say, God, you decided, and therefore I have no say in this, right? Why should I give tzedakah? God, if you wanted this person to have money, you'd have given it to them. You didn't give it to them, clearly, you didn't want them to have it. You didn't want this person to be healthy, they're sick. Why should I have anything to do with it? But when Hashem says, yes, I'm God, and yes, I did these things, but I want you as a human being to be invested in fixing this world that's what it is that's what it is that's, this is part of the conversation of saying Adam get it this doesn't make sense to me how does this work right Thank
2: oh,
1: you. <laughs>
0: I could be wrong but I, that's, what, that's what I think of it did you have a question or a comment no okay so the two angels right we're down to two angels again because one's destroying one's saving the other the other one's gone so they come, to, they come to Sodom and the first thing they do, Lot is in charge of the city. He sees them, and he, that, that ingrained hospitality from Avraham sort of comes kicking in. He invites them to his house. He does say to them, he does not say to them, wash your feet, right? He does not, Avraham said, wash your feet before you come in. Don't bring your outside influences into my home. That's what Avraham's telling them. Lot isn't so concerned about that. And also Rashi says that Lot doesn't want, in case anybody comes, they shouldn't think that these people have been here long enough to like get comfortable and take a shower and be comfortable. Like, oh, they just walked in. Like, see, their feet are still dirty from their travels. Um, you had a question, comment? Yeah, like I was curious the Hebrews because, like, in my English, it says he tell them to wash
1: their feet.
0: He does, but uh, if if you take a look, uh, he says, "Come to my house, mm-hmm. Surinel dies." Come to the house of your servant, and sleep and then wash your feet. Oh, okay. he does he does say it, but it's like not the first thing. Robert's like, no no no, before you come in, like come in come in with a fresh start, and, and he doesn't. Um, and then and then immediately the people of the city hear about this, they try to get these men out. Um, they don't want this this hospitality, they surround no. In line of, don't even think of trying this at home. Mm. Lote and his beautiful, uh, his beautiful morals. What does he say to the guests?
1: Take my
0: dog. Take my daughters. Don't leave, leave my protect my guests. But I have two single daughters. And they're like, <laughs> right? He's not a nice guy. I'm telling you. Right? Uh, but uh, but they say that's not what we want. We want we want your guests. And um, and so the the angels What's pulled... That? Yes! That's ironic. Not ironic. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. No,
2: I know, but... Okay. I'm just thinking... Over like here. Like Chac-
0: chapter 19, chapter 19, six and seven and eight. He says, take my daughters, you know? Don't don't touch my guests. Which is sort of like... um, um Next word? No, like... Uh, reverse. No, neither in, in did you say crook, It's like a crooked... Uh, like a crooked, a twisted permutation of Hachnas' Arkham, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lost in translation, right? Yeah. Um, and so then basically what happens is the angels pull, pull out in and they say to him, who do you have, who wants, Who we're destroying the city, we're going to save you and your wife and whoever you want, you want to come with him. His married daughters do not want to go with him, their sons-in-law are quite disdainful of this of uh, this, yeah, right, you're going to destroy the city. We're this beautiful metropolis. It's a gorgeous, Sodom is supposed to be a gorgeous place. Um, and they don't want to go, so as they're going, the angels say, Yala, we're going to, you leave and what's the instruction they give them? Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back, okay? And in the Chomish for today, we hear that Lot's wife looked back and she, or maybe it's yesterday's and she
2: into salt. Into salt. It says
0: that she turns into a pillar of salt. That's what Rashi what? says. That she turns yes. into a pillar of salt. Okay? <laughs> and, um, and, you uh, Rashi thing. says, I want to say Rashi says that that's how, where she, that's where she sinned because she went to her neighbor and she said, how did everybody know that she had guests, Rashi says, because she went to the neighbor and said, I need some salt for my husband's guests. Right? And so that was how the word got out. Um, I want to talk about that for a second, um, i want to talk about that for a second, but, um, what? Oh, I'm losing my brain cells. You no,
2: know we turn on right. into salt. Oh,
0: I want to say, if you ever go to the Dead Sea and a tour guide tells you, this salt formation is Mrs. Lote, it is baloney. Okay, it is not true. They always want to say that, you see, kind of looks like a woman. It's not true, okay? For many, many reasons, the most obvious is because the whole, the Dead Sea has been losing uh, losing water, like, for years and years and years, and yeah. it would have been underwater. And yeah, it's like, not true. If you go to near Area 51, there's, they'll show you aliens, they're like, this is the alien.
2: Okay. Well, where is where is Sodom? There was it. It was
0: The the the, the so they tell us that the a the area of the Dead Sea was in fact if you if you actually see the the space of the Dead Sea it's very it's supposed to be very big it's currently not because it's drying up but the Dead Sea area was the area of Sodom and Gomorrah there were five cities over there and they were turned upside down I should have turned them upside down
2: surrounding the
0: water. No, there was no water. But there
2: was no, there water. was no
0: water. There was this gorgeous, gorgeous, five gorgeous, wow. fertile cities, um, beautiful, and totally immoral.
1: Wow.
2: So then how come that, how come that, that doesn't check out for... It? Mrs. Lote? Yeah. Because I think it's Torgard. No, sure. Sure, but <laughs> no, if uh,
1: there was no water, then... No,
0: correct, but... A me- okay, the story of Lo takes the story of of Avram is he's born in 1948 in biblical years. Yeah. Okay. So this is 100 years later. 1948, 2048. Okay, and now we're five, seven, eight, three. That means for three thousand years, this thing was underwater and stayed in formation. I'm a little skeptical about that.
2: No, like, uh, huh? Not really sure.
0: that, that that's where it comes from. That it yeah. couldn't possibly be. But no, that's the area that Sodom and Gomorrah was supposed to be. Those five cities over there. Um, um, Oh my!
1: Didn't she turn to salt though? Because she looked back.
0: So Did she learned passed? right. So the, so the question is, what what's the what's the what is the correlation between looking back and turning into salt? So Rashi said, this is what she saw, This is what she, she 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 sinned with, and therefore she turned into salt. Shalom Israel, right? But if we think about it for a second, what is the place of looking back? What's the place of looking back on the destruction? Either two possible answers. Give me a sec, Either you're looking back and saying, oh my gosh, I miss it. Mm-hmm. Or we look back and say, points for me, I'm not there. And both of those are not correct. Mm-hmm. Meaning, how much do we dwell in the past of what happened Salt, we know, is a preservative. Mm -hmm. If we keep looking back and saying, but that, I did that, and that happened, and that happened, then you're just sort of pickling yourself in the past, and that doesn't give you space to move forward. If you say, I am so awesome because I didn't get killed and they all got killed, well, you're not that great either. right? So both of those head spaces are sort of missing what's going on over here. You know, somebody was saying that uh, a lot of Holocaust survivors did not speak about their experiences for, not even with their children, but when they had grandchildren, they started to speak about their experiences. And there was this place of, we are not looking back and staying stuck there. We're going to build and build and build. And then when we're in a place where we really see that there's security, that there's grandchildren, then we're able to open up about the experiences. I'm not saying that the things that are in our past just disappear when we look forward. I'm, I'm not saying that. We all have stuff. Some of it needs therapy. Some of it needs a good for in. Some of it needs some chuba. Like, all of that is fine. But the question of once we've done it, how much do we then continue to wallow in it? And wh- is that a healthy space for us to be? The answer to that, I'm going to say, is no. Deal with what has to be dealt with. And then the direction we need to look in, is forward we're not we don't need to schlep those suitcases of the past all it does is holds us in that space not in a forward motion can, um can i just say one thing on that absolutely. yesterday i was
1: speaking to someone about the same exact thing about not keep looking back in the past or whatever and so this person used the word re- 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 recap 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 re- re- recapitulation. No. yes see i can't even see i can say Capitula- recapitulation. Capitulation. 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 Anyway, I looked up the word and <laughs> the recapitulation means to keep going around and around and around, almost like looking back. You keep looking back, you right back. But then I broke up the word and just capitulation Capitulate. means it's to forward. surrender and oh. move. Yeah, to, and I thought, isn't that interesting, like we look back and we keep go, playing the same things, but if you just do the opposite, it's to surrender that.
0: Right. Okay. So so. So I want to I want to finish with a thought, and I'm going to fill two of your minutes, and I'm and then it's going to it's going to be a bracha and a finishing thought. We missed a lot of things in the partial, by the way. Besides the akeda, which you've done, we didn't we, we right we didn't talk about Lode and his daughters having children with his daughter. We're not going to go there. Whatever. Next year. <laughs> wait for wait for I next don't year. Don't plan, don't You're don't fine. Don't You're okay. But I want to say something. I want to say something in, in this line and sort of to tie it all together. We know that Avraham was given 10 tests, right? And the word for a test is... Nisayon or a okay? There's another word for a test, which is a bechina, which is like a test to know how much you know. You get, you get a bechina in school, like how much math do you know, how much stuff do you know. Nais actually has three meanings. Flag.
2: A flag. a miracle, A miracle. And a test. And a test. That's
0: probably from Gila and I don't know where she got it from. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Right? So when we talk I want to say first. So when we say Avram was given ten tests, and we talked about last week that Avraham also represents the soul of the journey down into the into the world, then we have um, we have multiple purposes in in coming in our soul coming down. One we're not getting a, a, a nace as a test It's not to see how much we know. That God knows. He doesn't need to test us to see how much we know. The nace is, first of all, for us to be a banner to show how much we love God, where he's showing the world how beautiful and how special our yes, soul is. This, okay, that's one. The nace is to tell us how much we are capable of. Because when we can grow from the experience that you were talking about, Adasa, when we can grow from the experience, what we get is miraculous. It's more than we could possibly get on our own. So we have the the miracle, we have the test, and we have the banner that when our soul comes down to this world and it gets challenged, that's just the nature of the beast. The, The soul comes down, it gets challenged. The purpose of those challenges, A, is to show us how much we are capable of. B, to hold us up to say, wow, aren't my people awesome? And C, that the miracle of growth that we get when we overcome the challenge is something that's truly miraculous. And that is worth sending a soul down for 120 healthy, good years. Um, So I want to give us all a bracha that we don't ask for a test. Every single morning in our davening we say, please God, do not test me. But when it finds us, we should know that we have the ability to not only ace this one, but to really come out of it in such a miraculous way where we look back and we say, oh, look how much I gained. Look how much I grew. Look what I ha- what happened to that. And that itself is proof that of our lives and our neshamas and our world, the Ebushah should keep all of the soldiers and citizens of the Holy Land and around the world safe, secure. They should all come home to their families, healthy, beguf, benefish in their body and soul, and all the multi-layers that make up our body and soul. And our Torah should be a continued tzchoth for ourselves and for Am Yisrael. Have an Bye. awesome rest of the day.